This episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming, is brought to you by floatculture.co.nz. Float Culture is New Zealand's leading float tank services provider. Now, if you're an expert floater or a novice floater, there is no substitute to floatculture.co.nz. You can go there and have a float, a one-off. You can get a pack of floats. You can also work with a one-on-one trainer on how to float and flourish while you float. Wow, there's a lot of Fs in this advert. Floatculture.co.nz is ready and waiting for your call. They want to help you if you want to float. If you've never heard of floating, they can guide you through. If you have been following the Joe Rogan podcast, you will know that he's a huge advocate. In fact, some people call him the reason that floating is popular today. He's been floating for, I think, a decade, and New Zealand is now on the floating scene with floatculture.co.nz. If you're interested at all in floating, visit floatculture.co.nz. We live in a world that encourages us to remove ourselves from the human experience. Whether it's looking at our phones too long, forgetting how to talk to someone face to face, or just straight up giving in and convincing ourselves that a chicken nugget is actual food. It's not food, it's silence. I don't know about you, but this freaks me out. So I've started a podcast, my antidote to this silliness. It's time to blow our minds. My name is Will Fleming, welcome to my podcast, Please Blow My Mind. So here we go, team. Um, Super interesting podcast today. (sighs) Jordan Peterson, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. I can't think of another person in recent times that seems to divide the online world. And on one side, you seem to have people who are like me, find what he says quite logical, even looking for meaning in this life you know it's something i talk about often in this podcast is how do you find meaning in a sometimes meaningless world you know where a chicken nugget is the world's favorite food what does that mean or is that meaningless so jordan peterson when he came on the scene um ruffled some feathers uh but then people started going to his you know, YouTube page, his website, following his chats with Joe Rogan, etc. And I guess people just started saying things like, this person is talking about old truths, you know, things that, um, things that are deep down within us, maybe more spiritual ideas, you know, that aren't that kind of cool or common anymore to talk about, but certainly things that uh, have been around a long time. And so I guess I guess what's interesting is that <clears throat> if you are uh, part of the world, if you are part of the worldview that we need to change everything, then I guess what he represents is not good because you know, like 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 he says, and and like he's recently said in an interview I've seen, he wants to acknowledge the stuff that is not working in the Western culture, let's say, but he wants to not throw everything away, and he gets the feeling that um, there's a you know a group of people who want to start from scratch, that anything that's Western is horrible, you know, and and I think. Um, What's happening is people are finding uh, kind of 
people don't want to you know people don't want to throw everything away they they want they're happy with their lives you know um they but they probably do agree that everything's not perfect and 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 things need to be worked on so look i think what happens with jordan peterson is he speaks for hours online he's got hundreds of hours on the internet and if you watch a lot of his content you end up kind of feeling like you know this dude and I'm one of those people what kind of started challenging me was you can see a lot of people who don't like his message or are confronted by his message Uh, what is his message good question I've been thinking about this for a long time Um, in its essence here's what I've written down Jordan Peterson gives hope to the people who have suffered but don't want to stay a victim. I think that's why so many people flock to him because although he tells you to tidy his room and lift a heavy load, he doesn't for one second expect it to be easy. And I think that's at his core the message of everything he talks about. Now, the problems we have in our world, let's just focus on the Western world for a second, uh, are vast and wide. And Jordan's antidote to this is for us to, um, you know, start with yourself. In fact, it's a theme that's come up on the podcast numerous times, you know. Jimmy Hunt, the great Jimmy Hunt, um, live more awesome, said that you can't help others unless you help yourself first and it seems kind of counterintuitive counterintuitive that how can you possibly be such a you know meanie to help yourself before others but if you really think about it why would you start with others if you can't help yourself so that kind of point to Jordan Peterson is what I think is at the essence he what he's scared of or what he's trying to alarm us about is you know, this identity politics that's been played on the left and right, which is, you know, choose your team. And that's super confronting for someone like myself. You know, I'm half, I'm half, I'm 50% Pacific Islander, 50% European. So I don't want to choose a team because I've lived my whole life working out how to be part of both teams. And I thought that was the point to the world was to not choose the team or to not be the caveman or to not live like in an old school tribe where if we came across your tribe we had no no idea on who you were so we had to kill you or something like that. I thought what we were trying to do was it doesn't matter where you come from, what you look like, what the color of your skin is, you know, it matters what you do or what you say or how you act. And again, this is why Jordan was someone that I kind of came across on the internet and and I really took to his message, you know. I took to his message. So, you know, a kind of couple points on what's happening in the Jordan Peterson world. You know, I can't help but go on Twitter and I actually don't have Twitter installed on my phone anymore because I just kept coming away from Twitter feeling weird. I don't know, not bad, but feeling kind of prepared for battle you know and I just think that's not right it's not right it's a 
yeah, anyway, let's leave Twitter for now. But I kept coming away from there, seeing lots of people not happy with him, with Jordan Peterson. And, you know, I'm someone who I would like to think is, we'll meet you in the middle, you know, we'll meet you halfway. In fact, that's my makeup. That's my genetic makeup. I'm halfway between two cultures. So I grew up with one with one side of my family eating with our hands. The other side we'd eat with the five knives and forks. You know, I'm generalizing a little bit, but you get the point. Um, culture was a thing that was shared. So when I see so many people on the internet... Um, not happy and unhappy that he's in New Zealand, that he was in New Zealand, that he's you know sold out these shows. There's a heap of kind of negative press. I hardly saw any positive stuff. Maybe Sean Plunkett did some did some positive Jordan Peterson press. What I saw was a bunch of people kind of not stoked with him, and 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 where it leaves me is asking myself, you know, we are. It's like we are watching the same film but we are seeing two different versions of that film and and i don't know what to do about that you know i don't know if it's just a byproduct of the internet and that it's now cool to just pick your team and go with that um but there clearly is two sides to this coin and so i don't know what to do with that i guess that's why i'm making this podcast to say Maybe you don't like Jordan Peterson, but I like Jordan Peterson. But can we still, you know, if we're mates, can we still be mates? Or do we now live in a time where even if we disagree on who we kind of like to listen to on the internet or or gain our, you know, moral advice from, that we can't do that? That we have to be separate? You know, that doesn't make sense to me. Surely that's just encouraging us to, silo ourselves more you know uh, and leaving kind of more areas of dark I don't know that doesn't feel right for me that doesn't feel like the New Zealand that I was uh, raised in you know raised in a place where we were working on our differences um, and the acknowledgement was there that it would be better for all New Zealanders now am I being naive I don't know but even if I am, I'd like to think that that's the place that's the place that when I'm interacting with New Zealand that I try and add value to. You know, like this podcast is not for one gender. It's not for one race. It's based on the idea that we're all part of this party, you know. So, again, I don't really know what to do with the fact that there's two different narratives one is really enjoying what he's doing the other is not maybe the idea is not to do anything and we just need to you know i i have had this thought lately which is so many people tell you how you should be (laughs) and what you should do and give you five tips on you know the things you should Uh, do I started thinking what if the content I make doesn't really tell you to do anything it just kind of reinforces the good things about where we are 
you know like i don't know if that makes sense but of a couple analogies that i've used over the last few weeks is you know we drive on the left which means there's another set of cars on our right if we're driving on the left and we all agree that we'll follow this you know we have things to help us like giveaway signs and roundabouts and lights but overall we've agreed to these imaginary rules this imaginary agreement okay we have white lines but they're not really anything they're painted on symbols and we just agree and how do we uphold this agreement well you drive on the left and I'll drive on the right and there's no one constantly telling you to drive on the left and you to drive on the right in fact everyone would get super annoyed with that maybe more nuanced areas is you know you stop here and you go there but we're not kind of saying you know drive on the left drive on the right I sometimes feel like in this life we're constantly saying you've got to live here's how to live why don't you live this way and I just want to be someone who is living and capturing moments of that living like driving on the left because that's what I thought we do I thought we live we just get on living and get on living with each other that we share the road of life and we drive on the left or if you're in America or wherever they drive on the other side you drive on the right but we still share it <laughs> you know it's not like you have one road and I'm not allowed to use it full stop I didn't think we were at that place so I hope that kind of makes sense that I realize I don't want to tell anyone anything I just want to be brave enough to say yep I believe it is good that we have these unwritten agreements and one of them is you know kind of respect and um, you know wishing the best for each other and, and whatever the 12 rules are you know like they're pretty logical rules and lots of people kind of criticize Jordan Peterson for his rules because they're like oh that's so obvious but like I was saying earlier the reason I like Jordan Peterson isn't his rules is well it's partly his rules but it's also the fact that he acknowledges that trying to get any of them right is a miracle in itself you know it's like um it's like love for example everyone's like oh cool yeah you should just fall in love and i always think that's so hard that's so hard like so many things have to go right for you to fall in love and then so many things have to go right for you to stay in love and we just throw it around like i love you and if we really looked at it and how complex it is and how heavy it is we wouldn't touch love with a 10-foot pole because it's the scariest thing ever yet we jump in there and give it a go and I like what Jordan Peterson says about these type of things because he's like most of the time you'll fail sorry <laughs> you know 
this is extremely hard this is difficult this is complicated this is nuanced this is your life and my life and and our pasts and futures and all of these different things but i think what he focuses on is it's still worth a go you know and and maybe at the deepest part of jordan peterson is you know he kind of gives you hope he gives you hope because he's hoping and he tries to articulate that hope you know that even in your darkest days there will be light you know and I, i don't know i don't know you know that many examples of how to say that i've been trying to think about you know sharing some of my dark um with the audience because how are you supposed to explain what that means you know um so my wife and i you know we had a baby uh, a few years ago that didn't survive and it's something that uh it's something that in our case brought us together you know it gave us um, my wife and i it gave us that it galvanized our relationship you know and how how kind of weird and kind of yucky is that is that the worst thing that anyone could think of doing of you know saying goodbye to your own child or them dying before you um how disgusting is that that there can be such a positive of it brought my wife and i as friends lovers life partners closer and you know when jordan peterson says you got to pick up that rock or take on the heaviest load you can and still go forward that's what that means for me you know and i don't want to presume that the people who don't like him kind of overlook that message or haven't gone through enough suffering or 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 whatever it is but i can't see how there can be kind of so much contempt and again i am actively seeking out to understand that you know so maybe it is more conversations with people who don't find him i don't know as enlightening as i do as you know kind of articulates my subconscious you know with these with these things because i tell you what after that moment it wasn't so obvious to me what the next phase of my life would be you know after after losing baby and jordan peterson wasn't even on the scene in those days and I, I thought about it a lot and, um, you know, what people were saying to me was, you know, how are you going? And quite often the response I would give was, you know, weirdly, it's easier to be in this hellhole than to be outside thinking about it. You know, like uh, I felt like a lot of my friends were feeling my pain, you know, maybe that's a it's a human trait that we can we can feel um, empathize with you but sometimes being in it is where you need to be you know because you need to be dealing with it's immediate 
you know, and I kind of gave myself two options. I said, well, you deal with it or you don't. And I chose to deal with it. You know, I chose to um, take take that burden. And I'm by no means saying, you know, I've conquered it. <laughs> but it's something that I don't think is fair. And again, I talked about I don't want to be a victim, you know, because that victim story could be any victim story well most victim stories but that's not the world i want to be part of um i want to even in all of the dark find some light so so yeah that's i guess my explanation about you know why I don't think Jordan Peterson is what everyone says he is. Not everyone. Here's the thing too, team. It's like, you don't know how many people actually are on the Jordan Peterson train or not, you know, because it's hard to know if the people online are a representation of the people in real life. And I'd have to say I don't think they are because... I went to his Auckland show and it was packed. Um, okay, there was more guys there, but there certainly were women, and it wasn't all white guys either. You know, um, there was all types of races, and I think, I think that definitely doesn't come across when you look at the critics of Jordan Peterson, uh, and all of his other shows sold out really fast too, and so. And I think he's been touring something for like a year and, you know, he's done 150 shows and apparently they've, you know, he's talked to, what, 350,000 people. So, I mean, can you gauge that most people think he's all right? I don't know. Is the internet louder than real life? It probably makes sense because most people don't have the platform, even if they yell out loud from their, you know, house somewhere and somewhere, you wouldn't hear it, but you go online and... You know, you just need a few people to kind of retweet that and that triggers the algorithm so that it can be, I don't know, seen organically by more people. But I would, I want to understand the differences between us. I want to work towards everyone having a common ground. And I think that's what I am working towards, you know. This podcast, for example, is an area where I want us to have common ground. I want us to acknowledge that most of the days, most of us want to get up and live. And that's a good common ground. And then we add things on top of that that either make life harder or make life better. But but yeah, so that's, that's kind of my thoughts on um, Jordan Peterson and a little bit about me. Um, kind of hard to share that stuff, you know, because... I don't know, maybe it's just supposed to be in here, you know, in your head. But I guess it is helpful and healthy to share it with others. Um, so speaking of Jordan Peterson's Auckland show, uh, I forked out the big bucks and uh, was part of a VIP group of people who got to have their photo with Jordan. And I had planned in my mind to... Um, uh, 
you know, I had planned it. I this was rehearsal. Hi, Jordan. I'm Will. Shake hands, which happened. And then the second part was like, Hey, Jordan. I um, any chance you're open to doing a podcast while in New Zealand? Because uh, I'd love to have you on my show. And that second bit didn't come out. Um, all that came out was just me looking at him um, like a bit of a, a you know a possum in the headlights. And then as soon as I knew it, I was off the stage and he was carrying on with his other trillion, you know, uh, pictures with uh, fans. So that didn't eventuate. But what happened is after all of the pictures were taken, we all sat down and and the MC said, you know, you can ask Jordan a question. And I thought, this is this is this is it. I've got to put my hand up and, and I'm. I'm quite an uh, introvert, you know, like, so I've learned how to manage being an extrovert, you know, humor helps me and that kind of stuff, but most of the time I'm introverted and it doesn't feel natural to put my hand up in front of a group of people and ask a question, especially one that's kind of like dear to my heart, but I thought, no, you already kind of balls it up by not asking your, you know, by not directly saying, hey man, will you come on my podcast? Because I must have sent 50 emails to his team, probably rejected 50 times. Now they just don't email me back. But, you know, I tried right up until his last show to get his attention so I could have a chat with him. Um, but it wasn't to be. And I'm okay with that. I whinged, but I'm okay with that because maybe I'll chat with him when the time's right, you know? Um, and, and, and that's okay. That's okay. It's not a life defining moment. I've got my life to live. Uh, it would have just been nice to kind of cross those paths. But what I did do is I asked my question and I got my cell phone out, even though I was not really allowed to. And I recorded me asking Jordan Peterson the question that I ask every guest at the end of the podcast, which is what's one moment that blew your mind that changed your perspective that made you wake up a different person and here is the audio of me asking Jordan Peterson that question I just want to ask you what's one moment in your life that blew your mind that made you wake up a different Jordan Peterson the problem with that question is that there's been so many of them, especially recently, that it's hard to pick one that's... I can tell you a happy one. That's a good one. Um, when my daughter was 16 months old, something like that, grew up with her grandparents who lived on near... lived in Boston, while well, we actually lived in a town called... Uh, right beside Cambridge. Arlington was the name of the town. Lovely little town, working class town. Hadn't been touched too much since the 1950s. Near a nice park, close to some beautiful beaches. Um, uh, cold by Boston standards, but, but perfectly tempered by Canadian standards. So rather abandoned, which was quite nice for us. And uh, we took our um, grandparents and my daughter down to the beach one day and she was laying on the car seat in the sun um, and, you know, looking pretty thrilled with herself. And I bent over to hear what she was saying, and she was saying, 
happy, 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 happy. <laughs> and I thought it was perfect, eh? Like it was a perfect moment. And so I a lot of those being a parent. I mean, I, I really liked having little kids. I like having my kids now. They're grown up, you know. Um, and I have a granddaughter now who I haven't seen much of in the last couple of years. You have a chance to see perfection now and then in little children. Now, it's, sort of what, it's sort of how they pay you back for being their parents. I mean, they pay you back in lots of ways, you know, because they're unbelievably amusing. And they actually love you. And, and, and uh, you get to see the world through their eyes, which is really cool. But now and then you get a glimpse of something that's perfect. And so that was a moment of perfection. And so that was a, that's a good change. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, I don't know, it was pretty mind-blowing for me. I don't think anyone had asked that question. I think he gave a on-the-spot answer that tried to pick up on what I was, the frequency I was on. I w- didn't want to know about Kathy Newman or any of that stuff. You know, tell me something that I haven't read or heard. And I think Jordan offered that. And, you know, it kind of stunned me a little bit that, I was thinking about it, you know, that perfect moment that he saw a glimpse of perfection. And that is something that, that is something that I think many of us would like to see. You know, we want the perfect life, but maybe all life has for you is a glimpse every now and then. And maybe a glimpse is all you need to keep you going to keep you charged to keep you living a glimpse of perfection and maybe that's what uh, a meaningful life is working towards a glimpse of perfection so there we go team i'm going to wrap up the podcast here um yeah what do you think about jordan peterson you know let me know send me an email uh, willflemingnz at gmail.com or please blow my mind on Facebook uh, Will Fleming on Twitter let me know what you think about JP um, fascinated to see where this story goes we've got a lot of things going on in society now like the recalibration of masculinity what that means um, I personally am someone who's not sure on how to talk about that stuff because I don't want to be labeled a misogynist or a rape apologist. So I'm trying to work through, you know, what does the Gillette ad mean to me? I definitely wasn't happy with it because I didn't see myself in it. But is it a representation of how men are? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe a small part. I think that's why I haven't said anything publicly, because I'm still trying to work out what does it mean. And I'm someone who wants to meet in the middle, right? If I can, I'll try and work all my life to a reasonable solution for most. Because that's what makes me comfortable. I don't like taking off you or forcing you to do anything. Like a mutual agreement, I think that feels the best, you know, like a win-win situation. So, I don't think Gillette gave a win-win situation. I think that we need to find a different way. 
Okay, team. Um, wrapping up here, want to thank you all for joining the podcast and blowing my mind and uh, really nice iTunes reviews coming through. If you could do one thing for me, um, jumping on iTunes and, and doing a nice little review would be awesome uh, because it's just nice to hear your feedback and it's nice to um, get to more people and for people to hear about the podcast and, and what I'm up to. And yeah, uh, looking forward to bringing you more awesome guests. If you don't know, uh, I'm now streaming the podcast live on YouTube, so there's not really a schedule to that. But at the beginning of every week, I try and post the audio to the Anchor podcast page. But you can search Please Blow My Mind on iTunes or Stitcher or any of the places uh, podcasts play, um, including all the apps and all that stuff. And you will find Please Blow My Mind with Will Fleming. All right, everyone. I want to say thanks again. Um, yep, it's mind-blowing what we're up to. It is mind-blowing because sometimes the little things of acknowledgement and how complicated and hard this life is is mind-blowing you know it's mind-blowing all right see you next week